just decided I was going to stomp on your little toesies through the intro. <laughs> yeah, that was a jump scare. <laughs> Hello and welcome to or back to the Q&R Code podcast. Happy potentially Tuesday morning, everybody. Happy end of February. This is the last our last podcast in February, which, oh, said it once, say it again, time flies, it's craziness over here, but how are you doing, Rymander? Oh, I'm good. We are recording the day after our move, the big push for the move, and... I'm feeling a little low energy. Of course, we're going to bring it as much as we can for you all today, but it has been quite a few, uh, quite a couple weeks for the both of us, honestly, but the move was not so bad because we used movers. So that was a delight and a treat and something that I would have a hard time not doing from here on out because I loved not having to struggle and fight with all of my furniture and especially because now we have to go and up husband. <laughs> and husband and we have to go up a flight of stairs to get to our house yeah. now and so watching the movers do that I'm like a pleasure my pleasure <laughs> yes also like not that there's the little gate too they have to get through but yeah that's i love my life and i love my husband and my people but there is just something about moving day that really it is hard to protect your peace and it is hard to keep your cool like you are physically exerting yourself which it just gets annoying and frustrating and like sweaty and you stub your flipping toes and like get annoyed that men like bonk your furniture on the corner as they're going out and aren't careful enough and it's also just like so mentally exhausting so i feel for you you're so brave and you definitely deserve to have movers like that is that's what they're there for Thank you. Um, and they were really good. It was just these two guys, but they were nice and careful with everything. I will say, I know that this is just part of having movers and it's to protect everything, but everything was wrapped in so much saran wrap. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much waste. <laughs> like just to move from one house to another and cutting all that off. I was just like, wow, what a shame. All this not recyclable plastic, but um, that is the least of the climate's problems, I guess, for one move every few years. And my only one ever using that, I was just like, oh, what a shame. And it made me think about how much waste is just produced by moving and little things all the time that... yeah. Yeah, that makes me feel disappointed, but I will say it went well. There were a couple items that did not fit where I thought they were going to, despite my mapping and planning. So we're making adjustments. We're going with the flow and Roger's doing pretty well. He likes his new spot. I do think he's a little confused and that is fair enough. Um, 
this neighborhood has a lot of kids and dogs and people and so far he's doing pretty well he there are people that walk by the fence and i've seen him when he was outside and start talking to him and he's like stranger danger woo 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 don't talk to the hound dog (laughs) so it'll be a work in progress he pulls over his privacy screen he's like gosh but I'm glad you guys made that move. It's nice that, I mean, it seems like pretty much everything is over there. Um, you are recording from your old place right now, so I can tell you have at least a couple pieces of furniture there. Um, but no. do you feel like you'll finish up today? No, I'm in my new place. Oh, you are? You ended up going back? Yeah, Quinn thought that because my podcasting gear was at the old house, so I had to go over and grab it. But no, all the furniture and everything is over here. The only things that are left is we haven't cleared out the fridge in the old spot. Need to bring that stuff over and... The art is still on the walls because I know movers can take art, but I just wasn't feeling good about that and really didn't want anything's getting jostled or cracked or the backs ripped. So yeah, that's not much the risk with some stuff, but yay. Congrats. You are so brave, right? And we can't wait to see it come together. But we both wanted to update as well on the highly anticipated movie of the month, movie of the season, One Love Bob Marley biopic that we both had the pleasure of experiencing on the same night, different places, but we just had a a twin date night from afar which was great long distance double date yeah and it was great i even riley told me she was doing this and so i was like oh my gosh you know what i should go to we even went to the same movie theater the same brand of movie theater so um which riley nice pro tip on going there with the big metal bowl of popcorn like you said that was so much better than most movie popcorn that I usually have. I'm not usually a big movie popcorn person. I don't, I don't know. It gives me a headache. I don't like the way it tastes, but this one was good. And like you did, brought a couple of little seasoning options in the purse, did a quick little shake, shake as discreetly as possible. But yeah, that was delish. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, I love to bring a little seasoning and, um, I even this time grated some Parmesan and put it in a Tupperware, (laughs) ripped that out of the purse, quickly sprinkled over the top. (laughs) Sean Um, and I said, oh my gosh, we wish we had Parmesan because we don't usually, as you guys know, for so long I was GFDF, like completely. So we weren't even having that like in the house. And then we we recently got a shredded Parmesan and we're like, Wow, the way this brings me back to doing a little cheap, cheap with mom and dad as kids when we were like making pesto pasta and we would reach our two fingers and thumb in and do a little ah uh, toss back, cheap, cheap. So yeah, I was thinking some Parmesan would be really good, but you know, just the seasoning, it got me there. And 
Sean and I are on a break from um, a THC break, but, and we were one week in when this date night became available. But the way we both felt was that it was just like unethical and not fair to Bob for like two stoners who were on a break to just not smoke weed before going to that we were like that's just like literally not fair that's unethical we couldn't do that to him like that is not honoring him the way he would want to be honored so we literally had to smoke a joint beforehand you know yeah that would have been sacrilegious um let me just say at the top of this episode that i do feel a little angsty and there are some heavy things that i need to explore talking about this movie and whatnot and moving forward and then we'll try to we'll try to lighten it up at the end talk about some more flippant things but i think when people think about i that's such a generalization but in general like your average white american that doesn't know the context of like reggae and rastafari as a movement as well as like the unrest in jamaica you think about bob marley and it's just like oh yeah good vibes like the music you if you don't like listen super closely and it just has that super easy beat that is broadly appealing and i like that in the movie they talked about how that music like does speak to people and just kind of is a soul release in a big way but i think until you listen more conscientiously a lot of people don't realize how deeply religious his music is and was and what they were speaking to was often like very revolutionary and was not just super easily palatable and he caused like a lot of contention the movie starts in i think 1973 but it it starts like already where there's a lot of history and there's a lot going on that the viewer doesn't see but i got to learn more about this when I was in college and I took a religion course on studying abroad and we covered a lot of music that, well, not a lot of music. We covered like different sorts of recombinant religions that were involved on our trip. Like I, I shouldn't even try to start to summarize that class because it covered so much. It was so interesting. And I'm very grateful to have that perspective because it helps me understand the context of this storytelling a lot more because we specifically would talk about the album Exodus, which this movie also is covering because that was I think it must have been Bob Marley and the Whaler's biggest album because it was one of the biggest albums of all time. I think, didn't they say that it was considered like the record of the 20th century? Yeah, I think so. By Time Magazine or something. And I just love, let's get this out of the way. I love the music. I love that record. I listen to it all the time. But when you listen to it and you're not just like having it play on the background and you actually concentrate, 
you can really follow the religious storytelling in it. And I just think that that's an interesting thing about music that you can listen to it in a more detached way any sort of art you can like engage with it more critically or you can just let it be what it is and i like that about it and i do think that it's different than a lot of religious music in the sense that i wouldn't personally no not gonna harsh anyone's mellow but i wouldn't turn on a christian rock station and just be like hell yeah player let's just vibe for a little while but you definitely can with this music and i think that is done in a really like deliberate way by bob marley and the other creators involved in his movement to make it be something that is just like yeah universal and you don't have to be rust to resonate with it um before i drone on too much i want to get some of your initial thoughts yeah, I I feel like how much I've listened to his music growing up, I definitely always noticed that because even just knowing Ja is like God, I feel like you hear that in his songs all the time. Um, but it was definitely interesting to gain more perspective on this being like i i knew that it was coming from like a revolution but because even he says like revolution and stuff in his songs but um it was really cool to see this with context of like no truly like jamaica was split politically like and there was a lot of war war i guess i here's how i feel too there was so much in this movie that sean and i were like we could watch this like once a year and gain more from this because there's a lot going on and like sometimes even for me i don't know if it's my adhd or just people in general when they're watching things like a movie it's not like stop break pause think about what you just saw it keeps going like there's movement it's constantly going so i feel like i know i could gain so much more from just a second watch but my understanding is you know there and you even see in the movie there starts to be a lot of violence like things are getting really heavy in his hometown where he's from um but his music is really gaining in popularity and he needs to support his family so he goes to america and there's so much divide in do partially the people want to see this like even americans Amer you know and there's also of course a ton of black americans at this time too that he was like I want to bring this even to like black people here for them to have something to resonate with and come together in this community. But also like white people were loving his music as well. But he was, there were many times that he was not supposed to like go on stage and was really recommended against performing because he was kind of like a target and there was just so much violence and brutality happening. Um, so there it was, it was definitely 
a movie with a lot of heaviness like it had the fun vibe like you're talking about of like it's so beautiful to get to watch an artist who is really involved in the making of their music um because i think sometimes we take for granted like not not all the artists we listen to are as involved in their craft and there are some people who really take it to the next level and i thought that was such a beautiful part of the movie was watching him go through like no this needs to be different like this this album and what we do next needs to speak volumes and be like a change like this music can bring change for people and we need to be not only like the content of the lyrics and everything hitting on this important revolution we're going through but also it needs to sound different like it needs to invoke more and be not just the same music we've been routinely creating so he as an artist was like struggling in this growth of we need to do something different now and i like i can't wait on this and really pushing his band and everything which as an artist you know creative myself i just loved watching that bit of the process too where he had the struggle of like this needs to be better but we don't have all the time in the world to talk about this you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree that was a really good way for them to show how his investment in the music really came across as not because... Sometimes I think that we can get caught up, especially like we've talked time and time again about in like white American culture has so much put emphasis on the individual and doing things in service of self and like art making as a form of self-expression. And you do this because you have something like that you want to explore. And I feel like they showed that that was not really the purpose driving this music. He and his group really believed that they're like that that was change making that the that it was important that this album came out and it came out when it did because the world needed it and i don't think that that's such a ridiculous thought i think that people really cling to and resonate with art and there's a reason that during times are really dark like people still continue to storytell and create and use those forms of expression because i think that's part of human resiliency like i think that you need things like that to keep going when everything is crumbling around you and their whole home seriously was and it just made me so emotional watching it because knowing the state of the world today that this is like 50 years ago and we're still like in so many nations including our own if you look at the news it's not like civil war status but people are really suffering and going through a lot of violence and a really scary 
political atmosphere and it's just emotional when you see like the desperation that people have had over time to like fight for peace and unity and justice and that that hasn't stopped like even if we've had periods where it feels like that's relented a little bit it's never been like universally true that people are just like safe and peaceful and that is (laughs) that's just such a shame and i think that as much as you could criticize you can look at Bob Marley's like individual history and there are things that people could definitely criticize. And the movie didn't really go too much into that, which I understand why that wasn't what it was about. And I don't think it was that important for the context of the movie, but they like brush up on the fact that he had many different children with different women, not just Rita, his wife, and that she was featured a lot in the movie as well. And there are things about like the practice of Rastafari that can be also problematic and misogynistic. And there are criticisms to be made like that. But I think that sometimes we lose the forest for the trees in that sort of storytelling. And I thought that they did a good job of like painting Bob as a person and as a creator but showing that like the music was the important thing for him that's why he was showing up and ziggy marley introduced the movie and said like his family had a lot of ziggy is his um son for anyone that doesn't know that has a lot of involvement and that they like made the film as accurate as possible and I thought that they did an incredible job in that sense. I wish I could remember the actor's name. Maybe you can look it up when that played Bob, but he was incredible. I wondered if he was performing all the songs. I bet he was. They, I feel like they do that usually for bio biopics anymore. Like um, the like Bohemian Rhapsody, the Freddie Mercury one was amazing, but he was so incredible the intonation of his voice and everything for playing Bob Marley I was like wow he is spot on and I wonder where he's from if he's from Jamaican and already or from Jamaica and already had that sort of dialect or not because that would not be easy to just like learn as an actor I was just in terms of as a movie very impressed by yeah just the accuracy you really felt like you were in the little world of the whalers for it for me yeah um no his name is kingsley ben adir and he's british i looked into that ahead of time because i saw a little interview that they did and yeah he's british so that was i mean i can't even imagine preparing for a film like that but i was glad like you said riley i don't think i mean i don't even think it would have been worthwhile for them to just focus on all like all the problems around somebody i think that's i don't know especially when someone's impact is so majorly 
good and revolutionary, like, but they did not hold back from showing moments of weakness with him, which I was really glad they showed that scene um, with Rita where he like got aggressive and she I thought that was such an important moment to put in there for women as well to see and to understand like so often in our history men have been men who have seen so much fame and success and everything like that there so often is a strong woman like standing beside them through thick and thin even when they she was she was very clearly like i am raising children for you like children that aren't even my own and i am you're i sing in all of your shows and i support you and i'm your loyal wife and you're like losing sight of this and um even her bringing up like the material aspect of things was interesting too, like showing, oh, because we think, I I think that commonly it's like, oh, Bob Marley, this simple man that like, you know, came from humble beginnings and everything. And yeah, but he rose to incredible fame where of course there is money involved in that. And, um, I'm glad that they didn't make it out to be just happy-go-lucky in all these moments. And even though that was really hard and devastating to watch, and when you look up to someone, it's never, never fun to be hit with a reality check of like the mistakes that they made and the way they treated someone. And of course, in our culture now with cancel culture like it is always begging the question of where would things be like but then again we know in the current spotlight like so many men that are extremely famous and privileged like we know there's infidelity or abuse and um so i i don't even know that that would really change things for him now but I was glad they had that moment just for women in general to, and then seeing later in the film, like that connection when he like physically just embraces like arms around the shoulders on stage with his backup singers. And you can just see like this heaviness in Rita that she's going through, like supporting this, like, cause and this music and this revolution but like also supporting this man who like she's basically going through hell and back like has left her home has left all of these things in her life to make ends meet for what he wants you know yeah and it was such a scary time i has i just hesitated because me saying was like that this isn't on going issue it's obviously a different political climate in jamaica now than it was then but it this destabilization in so many countries that has occurred directly because of colonialism and involvement from other countries like 
it's really heavy to process and to acknowledge that our government and other like world superpowers has very blatantly and intentionally destabilized other countries for their gain. That's what colonialism does. It goes and it extracts resources, including people and labor and messes with governments and like does all these things in the name of whatever cause it is at any time or another, but how it affects people is so serious and it's easy to be detached from these histories from like sitting in our seats but I think it's so important just to be reminded of of these histories because we're living it now like it's not over these legacies continue and look at the political climate that we're in where we are seeing a serious resurgence of fascism and super far right governments globally and like i mean leaders are being like elected into governments and we're seeing these things happen that are causing angst and putting me on edge and i think they should put people on edge like we should be able to recognize these signs and these feelings and it's not like a oh this could happen i don't even like to really frame it that way because it it is happening like look at just all these different zones and i think seeing it in the past can help you process it to understand that it's still like relevant and happening now and i i think that it's always hard for me as a person to speak to something that I don't feel fully informed about because you don't want to give like misinformation or not sound like you understand what's happening. But to be quite honest, I don't understand like the full broad scope of what's happening globally. How could you like, there are people that are specialists and study things really intently that they are great people to get resources from and get your information that way. But I also feel like it's important to be able to, as an individual, be like, I don't understand fully how we got here. And I don't like know the exact like way Jamaica's government worked prior to the seventies and leading up to for this to be like setting the stage for what was happening then. But just yeah i i really felt watching that movie like yes you see these like individual flaws in someone like bob of having like some violent impulses like when it came to the manager and that scene where his like anger came out and he wanted to clearly kick the shit out of that guy it's so easy to want to like catch someone for an individual flaw and feel like, oh, there. And that's, I think, like what you said, that's kind of what cancel culture is, is it's like, oh, I caught you. Like, you're not who you say you are. Your ideology is this. But now look here. And people love to like find the counter example instead of thinking like, okay, but if we're looking at the big picture, I, intent is not everything. That's for sure. But if 
in general, you're someone that is risking your life and your family's life and well-being because you believe so strongly that this music and this message could create change. They weren't safe where they were. That's just true. They were not safe. And he wasn't safe then when they went to England and were making music there because I think that, again, ties into this whole colonial discussion of like there's the idea of oh look at the unrest in these places like look at somalia look at that and we had our hands in that like and then you just kind of defer blame and kind of point to like oh but these people they don't have like a stable government without having you know the, the full context of that um sorry just i i got i get a little lost in these tangents because it is so serious to think about but when it comes to them like leaving the country you can tell that was not an easy decision like they don't want to give up on their home and nobody does and what are you supposed to do when you are being dislocated and you have a big family they had lots of kids it wasn't just so simple to pick up and move and I think it gives you a lot of sympathy and perspective when we're having discussions about refugee versus immigrant versus seeking political asylum, like these issues that are coming up in the Supreme Court in the U.S. right now that decisions are being made by our elected officials and appointed officials, like on behalf of us, this is what as like a u.s citizen we are like putting forward to the rest of the world of like the policies that we have to offer it's serious it shouldn't be taken lightly these decisions affect real people in real lives and u.s citizens lives matter but so does everyone else's and i think it can be easy to feel fear-based reactivity to things of well this is something that i don't know and don't understand so I just am scared of that, but yeah, I, I don't want to, again, spiral too much down this path without letting Quinn get her thoughts in because I can have a tendency to run on, but it just was a really powerful movie. I knew that it was going to be because of his legacy, but I wish I could watch it again and take notes, like you said, Quinn, because there were so many things that I was like, oh, I need to talk with Quinn on the podcast about this and this because there were light things and joyful things and moments that really inspired me of like, how do a people and a culture like create joy in these moments, like for survival? And then there was a lot of just like, damn, we're, we're still here in a different way with this legacy. Yeah. I have been, I think I, Sean and I were talking about, this is a, I don't know if there's ever a point in history that it wouldn't feel like a relevant time for a movie like this to be released. Like you're talking about, there's just not a time you can pinpoint in any recent history. That's like, oh yeah, the, the time where everything was like peace on earth. Um, but this does feel like such an appropriate time to see this and like continue. We know that media and music, like those forms of art are impactful and do 
make a big difference in people's view on things and can impact people significantly. So it's important to see and like hear and listen to different, um, you know, media and music from different cultures. So that was a beautiful part of that. But even with this new, this election cycle coming up in the US, I have been doing a little bit of research on different candidates and we don't have time to break down everything and everyone, but there are positive things about, I guess he goes by Bobby Kennedy. Um, like, you know, I really appreciate his care for the environment and the fact that he's actually put his money where his mouth is on a lot of those issues um, from since way before he was planning to run for president but I even was hearing him because I'm, you know, I'm taking my vote really seriously where it goes. I'm not just going to, I feel like we're at a place now where you really can't just vote Democrat because you're a Democrat. And like we, I hope that we all can be brave enough to make, to take leaps that will create change. So it's, it's complicated because you want your vote to count, but I think we're seeing now more a push for independent, the independent party. But anyway, I heard him talking about something and I know this is not just him and his opinion, but I listened to it yesterday, him saying about how, um, wrong he thinks Biden's decision to have open borders in the U.S. is and how if he was elected he would close he would he would make the borders more accessible so that there's more chance for legal immigration and less people feeling inclined like they have to illegally migrate but that he needs to protect americans and our community and our jobs and you know this type of thing that i feel like we have heard a lot like protecting americans and americans jobs and i understand that when you're a nation and you're a community like you put your people first and in a way that's kind of the best thing you can do but to me i have just of course i i I fall into the trap of being an individualist because we all have self-centered tendencies and we are all the center of our own universe but to me i just think i don't think in that way of like oh do this to help americans and protect americans when it just seems to me so much like we are one like human race and i know this is like oh big lofty language for me to be just casually throwing onto the podcast but i think that we both feel comfortable that we can sometimes dissect things even knowing i know i don't know it all i know i don't have time to say everything i feel i know that it's not always the appropriate context to get so deep and that we are just 24 year old white girls like who have lived in america our whole life like i know there's a lot that we don't know but I do know that like I am sick of this feeling of even clearly we're so divided as a nation and then to even preach like 
unity here and like discriminating other people from what we have just seems so crazy to me and that does not seem like that should be the goal of like only protect our people from here who are americans and like it seems so backwards to but i know that's how the world works right now i know that's how we have things we are all very much like in the governments governments are so like such nationalists and i understand that but it seems so wrong when people every single person like how can you not care about every single individual who's facing struggle and i know that we can't like house all of them so that's an issue there's a problem and i know there's infrastructure and money involved in like immigration and everything that it's not as easy as oh welcome with open arms all the time but like just to hear things i think we need to have our leaders talking about things in a very mindful and careful way and really breaking mm. things down like it's sounding problematic for you to me as a white american to be like yeah but it's our people first like when we have an abundance of resources in a lot of ways but then you know there's the other part of the conversation that clearly the government is not even supporting its own people here well and i know that and maybe you do mm -hmm. that is maybe where you have to start but like we've had so much opportunity to make those changes that it feels like hopeless and frustrating and anyway i i was just i thought that connected me to this movie because you're seeing like people from jamaica in this instance were feeling like you know a lot of people stayed but some people left like bob was clearly a target specifically like target on his back and so he left and i just think it takes so much bravery to up and leave everything you know that to me they're even being the idea of like shut it down is so harsh and frustrating when people actually like you said are risking their own lives and their families lives to make to try to find safety and a better life and mm -hmm. like better for the next generations yeah it's like the whole point of his songs it's even called one love it's like it's one heart like people are people and i think you can intellectualize that well of like oh of course like my family isn't more important than the family in jamaica than the family in palestine than the bezos is like we're all fundamentally people and deserve like human rights but fear is just such a powerful emotion and it's being used it always has been but it's being wagered in politics in a really heavy way about fear for your kids kids is a huge one because everybody wants kids to be safe like what type of a weird person doesn't want that and so then they can wager that whenever they want they want to and just like yeah protecting americans and using very real valid emotions to garner political results and unfortunately people like to <laughs> the idea of like oh but it shouldn't be political but the personal is political we just know that like even in the movie look 
at Bob Marley and in his personal life, like includes smoking weed and you can be someone that agrees with that or not, but that is part, that is the sacrament and their religious practice. And that is not inherently more like problematic than a Catholic service that uses wine. One is just more of a dominant culture than another, and he is getting arrested for his religious practice. Again, you can say, well, to me, that's not really religious, whatever, fine. It's it's not for you, but it is for them. And who are you to say that like a Rasta practice is any more or less valid than anyone else's? And we are living in we- a country that is heavily evangelized. Yes, so we know literally that the stigma around marijuana comes from a racist place. Like it is inherently racist the way the US criminalized this because it comes from for a huge part of th- like the reason that it became illegal is because of mexicans smoking it they knew this was coming like from mexico and again i know i don't who knows like i i'm sure there's more information i could find but the research i've done on it points to mexicans were smoking weed they had marijuana like and it was a perfect way to put a law in place that's putting people of color behind bars where yeah because white people were using different substances yeah and black americans as well i'm reading a book right now that is actually on like the history of the war on drugs in america that's very interesting in every line i'm like oh my gosh i need to like remember this because these statistics are crazy but yes it, it has a racist legacy 100 and i think living in an heavily evangelized country right now, I feel like, okay, your religious beliefs are can be practiced, but now this is infringing on my rights and my liberties. And in Alabama, we just saw that they declared embryos as full on autonomous people. And this is going to impact doctors and people with infertility and people going through IVF treatments and in all these other ways. And they're just the number of laws. I get like seven headlines sent to my mailbox every day in my email just to kind of get the like digestible version of the news. And then if I need to pursue more, I can, but it's, it's happening really quickly, you guys. And it's, I don't remember which state, but another state. Now you don't have to perform marriages if they go against your quote unquote belief system, not even religious. That's always been the case. If you're a pastor and in your religion, you don't want to do same sex couples. You haven't had to, but now judges aren't required to perform legal marriages like that are legal in your state. If they go against beliefs when judges are supposed to be part of our system that is unbiased, but clearly look at the Supreme Court makeup and the rulings that are happening right now. That's not happening, people. And as much as you can want to detach from that, I think that that's a very privileged place to come from because if you're someone that's willing to disengage with what's happening right now, it's probably because you're not that worried it could affect you or people like you. 
And I just don't think that's true. A, even if you feel like it is, it's not. Like, this is all of our lives. And also, I just think that's irresponsible. Like, I... I get it. The politics can be so draining and it's not always fun to participate in. And there are people that are going to care more and care a little less. And I've always leaned more political because I feel a lot of urgency around a lot of issues that concern me. But I would just implore you to at least vote at the very least, like use that democratic privilege because we take it for granted and that is not a guarantee. And I don't want to add to the fear mongering or anything like that. But just the more that we see things rolling back, the more that it affirms to me that you cannot just like assume that progress is going to be basically linear and basically we'll keep on moving forward. Like things are getting rolled back And the more that you step back and step out of this, the more that the fringe groups that are trying to get in power and take the system for themselves is just going to let them. And I, I want people to be able to have their individual belief systems, but more than that, I want to protect the broader swaths of people. And we're seeing all these book bans, Florida booked banned, over 2000 books or something like that. I don't want to say the wrong the wrong digit, so I'll roll that back, but a startling number of banned books in schools. And this again is the beginning of like serious limiting of people's access to information and that means something and it means something to artists when their work is saying, no, this is actually something that other people can't consume. And people could do that with Bob Marley's music. There were a lot of places that if you played that music, like you weren't supposed to, and that said something about you and that like you are, you know, against the man, against the system. And yeah, I, in, in conclusion, Bob was talking about like, this isn't political. I just want to have a concert for the people. And he found out very quickly that that isn't an option. Like that's just not the world we live in. People take things to heart and there's a legacy of this time. And again, another amazing biopic straight out of Compton that shows that in a different way where how rap was received in America and the policing of black people, specifically black men in America and how like that hammer has been laid down. And it reminds me of the Tupac clip that where he's saying, answering kind of an interviewer's question about, well, we hear all these violent lyrics in rap music and he's talking about black liberation, how he's like, well, if somebody isn't giving you any food to eat and they have a a ton and you don't have any and you say, hey, can I please get some food and time passes and they don't give you any that eventually you're going to be knocking on that door louder and say, I'm really hungry, like give us some food. And then you're starving and your people are starving and you're still not getting help that that's going to turn it angry. Hey, we need some damn food to like help us, help us, help us. And when that doesn't happen, then he said like, that's when you're saying I'm coming in with my clock and blowing through your window, whatever, because you're increasing people's desperation. And we hear that 
through music over time and we see that in political movements over time and i think that it's lovely and special that we get to hear really like laid back chilled vibes like reggae but that still has like a really important message and i think it's yeah it's just interesting to analyze music that's more like palatable to general like white audiences even with a different message because it like sounds a certain way and this just puts me back into my academic shoes wanting to be a scholar learn more about this history and context and just appreciate the the lineage of these movements and how we've gotten to where we are today and the like I also think consuming media like this is important because it can re-inspire people and get that ball moving for more people again. Like, okay, you know, maybe I got a little complacent and haven't been doing the kind of advocacy I wanted or even having just conversations about things that are important to me or doing a little research, listening to a, a political podcast something i think that these can be it can be a very palatable way to go to the movie theater enjoy watching something on your friday night and then have a little something turn in your brain like okay yeah i want to i want to do this again i'm feeling empowered because the last thing that i ever want is for people like this who have you know uh, in this case bob obviously died for a different reason but who do like risk their lives and sacrifice their lives to make change like we i just have always found it so important to not let those messages die or go for nothing like be good for nothing you i think we owe it to the people in and this is you know we're at the end of black history month but this is another pertinent time to say like keep we need to keep on fighting for freedom for everybody and for progress and every individual does make an impact on the greater good and the greater cause and especially when we feel so outnumbered as individuals by our governments a lot of the time like that is why revolutions matter and important because seeing big numbers like big groups of people saying th this stuff that's why it matters to call your representatives it matters to even be posting on social media about things you care about and having conversations in your day to day in real life with real people and someone that you might not think like, oh, this is going to make the difference. But having this opening of consciousness as an individual and as a group, like it is, it helps individuals when there's a group and you're seeing like, more and more change it feels good to move forward it feels good to make change and to be open and loving and educated and being part of change is very empowering and i want i hope that this movie can bring people even the slightest sense of that and of wanting to be part of 
change and uh, I'm just obviously it's just overwhelming to to be like feeling so let down by people who it's so very clear like they are not in office for the right reasons and it is there's so much power that's in the wrong hands and it's so disheartening and but you can't like just get complacent because of that you have to we have to keep going and if we really do want better and better for the next generation and the next generation like we cannot be silent we have to use any bit of the power we have to try and make change and i yeah and i think sorry oh you go ahead i was just gonna say i think that it can feel more daunting when you look at things on such a huge scale. And it's a good reminder too, that you can start, not only can you do start in your community, start with the circle around you that you can feel your impact more and the people that are in your close circle, see how you can boost them up and what's going on in their lives and then you guys as a collective can go more into your broader community whatever that looks like your town your city what's going on there how can you get involved on that point and you can feel those ripples so much bigger that that can start to inspire you that then maybe you do take it on a broader stage maybe you're someone like bob marley that is one of those people that is going to have an amazing impact on a broader platform and that's what your role is but i think for a lot of us the internet can kind of deceive you and take it away that makes you feel like it is only the people with the largest platforms that count and if you have the broader reach then well, who am i i only have whatever and it's like oh i only have 800 followers what does it matter no i i don't think that's true i think individual action might not solve the climate crisis and things like that i get why people feel helpless as individuals but i think yeah just rejecting the need for such deep individuality and independence of feeling like i don't need anyone or anything and turning that inside out on itself and see just how that impacts you to start to like help the people around you notice what's happening in your community get involved with um you know community projects whether those are political or not whether it's like volunteering or looking into your nonprofits and whatever however that looks like i think that that will always feel so much better that you're working towards something than feeling like wow things are so heavy right now and i feel like i'm just swept along in this river and nothing i can do will change that i i think that's a mindset that can you can fall into but you can also get out of it doesn't have to be that way and it is inspiring it's it's sad to see these stories and a lot of that movie felt heavy and i felt so inspired and felt so grateful and honestly 
you can just go listen through that discography. Exodus is particularly powerful. I think there's a reason it rings so true. Like Quinn said about like they wanted it to sound different. When I just say Natural Mystic, that's the first track on that album, I get like shivers on my scalp and spine because it has like that creeping feeling of just like there's something air, there's something a brewing, whatever, but listen to the music, take it in whether it moves you like spiritually or not i don't think you have to like resonate with something on all levels to like appreciate it on a level and even as i'm not someone that like identifies with any particular religion or god it's like i can so appreciate that feeling of just universal universality like there's something out there that connects all of us and you don't have to understand that to like feel it and if you are someone who uses the phrase or has the thought, I'm not political, I just would respectfully and lovingly challenge you to investigate that and investigate, do you, do you want freedom and do you believe in human rights and do you want to see change in progress? Because if something makes you uncomfortable and you prefer to not be confrontational, I understand that. But I do, I think that it is worth just having reflection, like taking a moment and thinking about why do I say this? Why do I do this? Why am I so comfortable saying, I don't get involved with that when this affects all of us. So um, anyway, you guys, thank you for listening. I, I'm really proud of having conversations and being open and vulnerable and knowing, I know this doesn't sound perfect. And I know there's a lot left unsaid here and we both have a lot of learning to do. And like I mentioned, we both come from very, very fortunate and privileged backgrounds. And, but nonetheless, if anything, like people with privilege and people who have whatever sort of status, like, unfortunately, us literally being white alone, like, I think you ought to say where you stand and care about change and i think it's brave to to talk about this stuff knowing it's not perfect and your opinions might change and you might learn so much more and i could listen back to this in a couple of years and go wow i oh i had so much to learn and i still think like being at any point in this any any phase in your journey sharing and having conversation and being open is something you should be really proud of and know you we don't know who this who might hear this that it makes one change which leads to the next change leads to the next change and then who knows like it's bringing groups of people that feel more empowered to use their voice hopefully and use their vote and um yeah i i appreciate yeah, you i think and- 
thank you, Riley, also for holding this space with me. And I love getting to hear what you have to say on these issues and just have always felt so safe and heard by you and love you so much. Of course. Same goes to you, sister. And I'm not trying to correct you. I just think that you said, like, unfortunately, being white, she meant that unfortunately just that status alone get, like shifts the power dynamic in a way that people of color do not benefit from um yeah but yes i i think that it's so much better like you said i'd rather speak and try to express some things that i'm feeling and get it wrong than feel like we can only ever have like levity and talk about non-consequential things for like fear of not being perfect. Of course, like you said, we're 24. I should hope that I down the line feel like, wow, I look, I know so much more now than I did then. Please, like, of course. And I don't think that that means that we should just get to choose to not engage in difficult conversations because again that's a privilege for some people they have to have these conversations because their safety depends on it and for certain like identities we carry that that's true too but i i know i said oh we'll get to like some lighthearted stuff but i think it's good to just sit with this sometimes and recognize like there's a time and place for things to be solemn and to be serious because we're talking about like real, real things that impact people every day. And there's loss of life and liberty involved. And, and that is serious. And again, to harp on this point one more time, you see people in these circumstances all the time coming out with joy and resilience and community and it's a pretty special thing that humans can do um i i feel like we need to put together like a recommended leading listening and reading list and everything but it, this conversation did make me think of man's search for meaning by victor frankl who is a survivor of auschwitz and just how far human resiliency goes and how we philosophize when we're at at the breaking point and i think yeah there's there's lots of pieces that that come to mind but i think listening to people's stories and how they've gone through deeply troubling times of political unrest and seeing the other side is potent for right now because even though things might seem like they are starting to go a little bit to hell we have so much collective power we're not just at the whim of people in control theoretically like i know that in a lot of practical ways we are and i'm not trying to minimize that but just a reminder that like there is power in numbers and if enough people believe in something we really can make it happen with that i hope you feel very <laughs> empowered and humbled but inspired to go forward into your week have some tough conversations maybe have some quiet moments of reflection and le lead with love and make sure to go watch One Love and stream some Bob Marley. But 
Okay, Rye, thanks for the chat. I know we were thinking we'd be able to get into other stuff, but I think it makes sense for us to leave it here today. And we can't wait to talk to you guys next week. So enjoy your last week in February and talk to you soon. Bye. Catch up soon. Happy leap year. Happy leap year. Extra day, you guys. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>